After hundreds of interviews and thousands of hours of research, we're excited to share with you our first book, The Greater Good, Life Lessons from Hawaii's Leaders, with a special forward from Mayor Mufi Hanneman. The Greater Good is a collection of personal stories and quotes from over 70 of the leaders we've interviewed. The Greater Good will make you laugh, make you cry, and will inspire you to live a greater good life. Available at bookstores statewide and at greatergoodbooks.com. Today is August 22nd, 2005. This is Evan's Journal coming to you live from my upstairs office. I am back, rejuvenated, and feeling great from a super-duper weekend. Uh, this past Saturday, we ended up going on a picnic at uh, Mauna Loa Bay, which is uh, the Boat Harbor area where Hawaii Kai, in, in Hawaii Kai. And there's a ton of uh, jet ski ple- people that hang out over there. I think there must have been at least... There must have been at least 10 other jet skis. So everybody sets up their pop-up tents and then their trucks and everything alongside uh, the beach wall. And then, you know, they picnic and barbecue there and, and everybody's having a blast. And people had these inflatables that they pull behind and, and then people ride on that and fall off and stuff. It's it's pretty funny. But we had about, I think, seven, at least seven or eight people that have never, ever done surfing or or wakeboarding or anything get out there and and ride behind the jet ski and get up and we had a hundred percent success ratio in getting people up the issue though was once they actually got up uh, could they stay up and had a couple of funny instances one uh, once the girl got up and she was riding what ends up happening is is you go kind of on your heels and that makes you go put a lot of tension on the rope and it it makes you end up on the side of the jet ski so when people at that point want to come back uh, toward the ski so you don't end up way way too far on the side uh, there's a tendency to eat it and man some people were eating it just bam and they had to they're sore I I guarantee they're sore because this type of exercise every single muscle in your body gets sore so I give them a lot of credit, and then and then one girl is so funny. She's such a nice girl, but then I told her, okay, hold on, and then when you get up, then you're gonna ride. So then, initially, when you you get into the position, it's kind of like a crouched position, almost like you're trying to go in a cannonball type position where your knees are up in your chest and your your, your arms are actually out to hold on to the to the handle, and then the board is is up, kind of in front of you, so your toes are pointing up, and a lot of times what happens is when people are starting, they don't have their timing down, so they'll end up getting pulled up and then end up falling right back on their face and then normally they let go but for her she forgot to let go and the board (laughs) came off her foot I swear she was dragging under the water for like 10-15 feet and and then I stopped and I was like what is she doing so she got she's like coughing because she swallowed water and she's like man that 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 oh I swallowed so much water and I was like why didn't you let go and she said oh Oh, you didn't tell me to let go, but all in all, everybody had a, had a really good time. We en- we started there at at like 10 o'clock or something like that in the morning, and we ended up staying to almost 7 o'clock at night, and it was just it was just a great time. Only bad thing is that uh, our baby, Colton, he got a little bit of sun. I guess he wasn't supposed to, so his face turned a little bit red, and my wife said, nah, I can't take him out there anymore. So we'll have to see what what we'll do because I wanted to go out there every Saturday with with the other guys that have the jet skis out there. It's, it's just a blast. Okay, well let's get down to business. 
I put down here what I learned from Buddy's dentist. And Buddy's my son. He's about two and three quarters or so years old. Uh, he just started going to the dentist. And the first time he went to the dentist was last year, just before he was two or right around the time he was two. And that was a super painful instance for him. He he had sat in the chair. Well, he didn't even want to sit in the chair. They kind of just put him down. It's it's actually a friend of mine, and he was, he's a younger uh, less experienced dentist. He's a good dentist, but I guess in terms of like easing the children out, it was not a comfortable situation for, and my wife really wasn't that happy with it. But what happened was they would sit him down and then he started crying and spazzing and stuff. And instead of comforting him, they just hold him down and start picking at his teeth and stuff. So he was totally thrown out. He did not want to go to the dentist. You mentioned the dentist. He absolutely did not want to go. So we ended up taking him to my cousin. Uh, Stephanie Wong, and she's at the Kahala Medical Building, I guess that's called. So we took him there, and I said, okay, well, hopefully, you know, this one will be better. And she said, oh, no, bring in kids. I like to deal with kids. And, you know, the I guess they had some emergency people coming in earlier, so we were waiting a super long time. But it was worth it because what she did was when she got him in, she had him watch uh, Carrie clean her teeth first and he was in, he was kind of watching and then they ended up giving him a bunch of toys and like a toothbrush and toothpaste and then they had him sit in the chair and then play around a little bit and all they did was kind of take a, a brief look inside his mouth and that was it so in buddy's mind the dentist is fun because i can go to the dentist i can play a little bit i can get toys and now when i mention it to him he said oh yeah i would like to go back to the dentist so that kind of brings me to a point in terms of selling and I don't know if any folks have ever had that experience of what we call fire hosing where it's like you just overwhelm people with information and just keep going and going and going and going and talking and talking and talking and and they just you know they're just blown out uh, we call that fire hosing it's like putting your mouth in front of a fire hose and turning it on full blast you know you can imagine that so the interesting thing about that is as I was talking with another friend of mine, he was saying that, oh yeah, good salespeople, they need to be able to talk. But I think the real reality is that a really good salesperson has to be able to listen and then has to be able to give information in a manner that the other person can understand and it makes sense to them and gives them value and then do it almost in a series of stages sometimes. So it's it's not always wham, bam, thank you, ma'am. It's It's got to be you know, somewhat in stages. So uh, I was just thinking about that today and how I can approach that, you know, with, you know, with things that I do. Uh, I played golf on Friday with some pretty successful entrepreneurs. And, you know, we just had a talk. I didn't, uh, eventually I want to probably have them on the show, but I didn't hit them up for it. It wasn't the time. It, it wasn't, if I fire hosed them right there, it would have just, it'd be like, I mean, there's something wrong with this guy. So, meaning me. So I, I just didn't. And and from that, thinking about that, it reminded me of Buddy's Dentist. Okay? Well, that now brings us into, is it what you know or is it who you know? And this is a debate that's gone on for a long period of time. And this reminds me of my roommate that I had for a number of years in the, in the mainland when I was working uh, up there. And I tell you what, man, this guy, he'd always say, it's not what you know, it's who you know. And he... He he didn't hadn't he hadn't gone to college. He um, you know he wasn't the mo I mean, he was not scoring as sixteen hundred SAT, but 
then again, not the dumbest guy, but he was really, really smooth, and everybody loved this guy. I mean, it's the only guy I know that we could go through the McDonald's drive-thru and get free ice cream, you know, free sandwiches. We'd go to the mall, and he'd come back with, like, a free box of Cinnabons. You know, part of that is because we had no money at the time. You know, you go a number of years back, we were (laughs) kind of broke, but... You know, the guy could get just about anything for free. And he always says, it's not what you know, it's who you know. And then he eventually became an assistant for one of the, you know, most pre- one of the premier venture capitalist uh, investment bankers in California and ended up going to, I think he got, he ended up getting into USC as a result. And, you know, have I've lost touch, but I really think it's about, some of it is what you know because you got to have something to offer but a lot of it is going to be who you know especially here in Hawaii the uh radio station that we're on the magazine column that we're going to be putting together it's it's a result of who you know the sponsors that we we have approached and are approaching are a result of who you know and it's all a, it's all a, a means of uh marketing my uh press release that's going to be going out is going to be another friend of mine helping me with that you know she's more of an expert in that field it's who you know so who you know it's absolutely i think who you know is almost more important than what you know okay my kkea meeting this morning to figure out what the project schedule is going to be the we've had a number of issues where we'd be scheduling people like three or four month uh three or four weeks if you hear that buzzing noise outside i don't know they're painting or or mowing the lawn or i don't know what it is so i don't know just got to deal with it but the the issue was scheduling i'd schedule things three weeks in advance and then like a week before they'd say oh you can't do that because we need engineer for something else or the other issue was that we don't have a finished show yet to show anybody i mean you know these were the frustrations so i met with michael this morning and we, we talked about it a bit. And Michael mentioned to me, and the hard thing for him as a studio or what do you call it, station employee, is that we're not the only person that, you know, the only company that does a radio show. I mean, they've got their on-air stuff. They've got new radio shows coming up. Football season is like the deal for this station. And football season is coming right up. It's starting September 3rd. The first game, which is against USC, which has a humongous point spread, by the way. But we launch on the same exact day. So, you know, there there's other concerns. Uh, management is has just changed over at the company. So it's, you know, I understand on their side. It's, it's, it's tough. So I wanted to get in there and square everything away. Let them know what, you know, they can expect from me. I, I know what I can expect from them. And we know, you know, what everyone, what their roles are. And, and that way people don't step on each other's toes. And I, th- I think it went really well. What's going to happen now is we'll have two shows and two after shows produced every week. And then that that's really about it. So we we don't have the bandwidth necessarily to to produce more of those and then we're going to we're going to stick to a recording of two interviews per week max also. So we've we've built up a I don't know, a decent amount, maybe about 15 or 16 something like that interviews total and then from here on out we do two every single week. So it gives us a little bit of leeway in terms of um you know production production scheduling we have kind of a a backlog not so much a backlog but a um inventory of shows to use so we're not stressing in case we have a slow week or so 
I was pretty pleased with the KKEA meeting. The guys over there are working super hard. Uh, they seem very dedicated, and you know they they definitely I think have our best interest in mind. So you know I thought it was a excellent meeting. Uh, the one thing that that has been coming to my mind recently, and and a question that I've been trying to answer. So if any of you folks have an answer to this or a comment on this, please email me. Is is the PR aspect of you know these social entrepreneurs? So Adam Wong takes his marketing budget or his advertising budget and puts it completely into supporting nonprofit organizations, but instead of doing it with cash, he does it with product, which essentially is cash, but it's really product. So you're getting products into the hands of people, um, helping out the nonprofit organizations, assimilating yourself into the community, and then everyone benefits. So I mentioned this concept to a large accounting firm in town because it's my cousin is is uh, one of the main partners over there, and he said, "You know what? We have a we advertise in traditional media. We would do something like that, but we don't necessarily know what would fit with our type of. I mean, we're an accounting firm. What what can we do?" And then another company that does uh, mattresses, they sell mattresses, and he said, "You know what? We would do that too, but we don't necessarily know." what kind of promotion is set up. And this is kind of where this whole entire thought process was coming from how many years ago, maybe two or three years ago, is we're trying to figure out how to integrate these nonprofits with the companies into situations that make sense both for, you know, their overall goodwill, but also makes business sense. And I thought that for a PR firm to be able to figure out, you know, a portion of your ad budget or your whole ad budget going into community-related events that can impact the community and go through a, almost a grassroots or or word of mouth, start a word of mouth kind of, you know, I don't know if you call it epidemic or whatever. That's, you know, that's that's kind of, that's the kind of advertising that is truly, truly powerful. And then take the leverage aspect that Dwayne was talking about and somehow take that dollar and turn it into 10 or take that dollar and turn it into 5 or whatever it may be in order to get more bang for your buck. You know, this is going to be a continuing conversation and I'm, you know, I'm going to be pressing people on this one cuz I really need to get some feedback on this. I think if we can get this part this component done, we can really add value to the guests that come on the show that don't necessarily have a, a clear idea of what their social mission may be or where they can add value in the community. If we can help them out with that, I think it would be valuable for them as well as for everyone else. Um, so that's a early Evans Journal for today. Tomorrow's interview is going to be with uh, with um, Kent Unterman. And this will be an interesting interview because Kent was a former NFL athlete. He was a standout athlete at University of Hawaii. Ended up going to play in uh, NFL and busted busted his leg somehow. So that killed his career. Came back here to Hawaii and ended up selling products at the swap meet. And for those of you who don't know what a swap meet is, it's kind of like a flea market. It's at the stadium. There's people that set up their own booths. And you have everything from, you know, papayas and fruit items to people's junk that was out of their garage to the stolen stuff from your neighbor's house. I mean, there's a ton of things over there. You know, five t-shirts for a dollar or, or whatever it may be. That That's the kind of stuff you see at the swap meet. So Hank I mean, uh, uh, Kent, sorry, was starting off at the swap meet, started selling artwork and things like that. Now he runs a $14 million a year revenue business. Awesome. So we're going to find out how that was done, his story, how he, how he uh, does 
his community work, how he integrates that with his business, and hopefully the message will be clear so that how you can do it for yours as well. Okay, so we will talk to you tomorrow. Today was Monday, August 22nd, and this is Evan Leong saying see you next time.